Funding for this program was made possible by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and by annual financial support from viewers like you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Not On This Occasion. Welcome to this episode, this sprint episode of Not On This Occasion. Today, today we're going to be talking about the history of Formula One in the United States. Of America. Is, of America. <laughs> which, if you didn't know, that's where we live. If you can tell USA, by USA. the this is the 4th of July episode. Yeah. We spent the 4th of July talking about the British Grand Prix. We got to so make it up the somehow. Makeup. Yeah. So I had a sprint episode planned for the 2005 United States Grand Prix. And so this is going to be a combination of both. We'll talk about kind of leading up to that, uh, leading up to that race, the history of the United States or Formula One in the United States. And then I'll talk about that. The history specific. of the United States? <laughs> Back in 1762, I don't even know the fucking proper year. Noel's going to be our U.S. history teacher here. So, yeah, back in uh, 17... Uh, I think it's 1782. 1783. I think it's 1776. Wow. I think that's what it says on the quarter. 1776. Wow, we're two Americans we are. <laughs> don't even know what Independence Day. Uh, so, July 4th. <laughs> the founding fathers sat down. Four score and seven years. I don't know. <laughs> It's not even four scores anymore. It's probably like five scores at this point. I don't know what that even means. How much is a score? Hold on. I don't think that's what they're talking about. (laughs) Four scores and seven years ago. Four scores, I think, is like 40 years. So 47 years. Hold on. 20 years, bro. What? 20 years. Is four scores? It's one score. A score is equal to 20 years. So he was referring to 87 years ago, 1776, when the Declaration of Independence was signed. So, like, I would have been born one score in two years ago. And so would I. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> well, anyway, this is about F1. <laughs> no history here. <laughs> Only history of F1. As you could tell, we do not know U.S. history uh, because I probably learned that in seventh grade, and that was a little bit ago. That was four scores ago, so. <laughs> That's not <what> <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah. Why, why, why make it a score? Like, what, what, is the, what is the purpose of that? I don't know. Anyways. Man, I hate this country sometimes, bro. I can't fucking stand Red, white, blue, motherfucker. These colors don't run, bitch. USA! 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 Man, I... That's, that's how I feel. What question? Yes. Are we talking about, like, F1 tracks in the U.S.? Or are we talking about, like, F1 presence in the U.S.? Oh, F1 tracks. Like, okay. the races, yeah. I don't have a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of it, I think it goes hand in hand, really. You can like assume based off what happened. So basically, I think up until the last decade, Formula One has kind of struggled in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, there there were a lot, there's been a lot of F1 races here, but they never stick. Like there's a couple that only go for like one or two years and then it's gone. And also, most of them are, like, street tracks, which I think doesn't help because they're usually boring. Fucking street tracks, man. The biggest thing is that racing in the United States and in Europe is very different. Like, it's evolved super differently. Like, you know, Europe, super technical, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, that's exactly what they do. 
Um, Those Europeans, man. In the United States, though, it all kind of started on Gerd, NASCAR, beating and banging. My, 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 my cousin Billy Job, he went down to that racetrack and he won that fucking trophy off of two beers <laughs> and the Grist God. <laughs> That's American. So, when the British were like, mm, yes, I... Chip, chip, cheerio. Yes, so I decided that, you know... You were going to uh, go down to the little pub down here and have a have a have a good old have a good old drink. But first, whoever decides to pay the compensation of our drinks must race around this track in our little cars, and we shall win. That's that's not like a British accent. So, right? Yeah, uh, because of that, I think there's not a lot of tracks that really suit Formula One here. There's actually only three tracks in the United States that have a grade one FIA certification, which is if you race in F1, you have to have that certification. It's Circuit of the Americas, Miami, and Indianapolis. Wow. (laughs) Not even Vegas? Well, it doesn't exist yet. Oh, fair, 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 fair. So we might have four next year. Um, Also, America has its own, like, top levels of motorsports. Like, I don't think a lot of other countries... I mean, there's like Japan Super Formula and stuff, but that's a feeder series to Formula One. Right. Whereas even if you think, even if you don't think it's as grand, like NASCAR and IndyCar are top levels of their own chain, like their own chain of motorsports. Right. Um, And that's, I mean, that's kind of the same as football. Like international football is big everywhere else, but we got our own football. But like everybody loves American football. Like that, like that's a nationwide, like a worldwide, like people know People know American yeah, football, American teams, football like, yeah. but like I think in terms of global, but like here, right? We like American football. I don't think international football, soccer, is not nearly as popular here as regular oh, football. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, what okay, I'm trying okay. to that's say. What you're so saying. because we have our own motorsports, like like actual football, like yes, proper football, because <laughs> we have our own motorsports, Formula One is not as popular here because we got our own shit. I mean, like I feel like we're known for that. Like you know, like that's I said, what we I'm do saying. that. We that's do that. It, yeah, yeah we do that with football. We do that with motorsports. We did it with uh, baseball. We took cricket and we were like, fuck that shit, it's too long. First Formula One season in 1950 had eight races. Seven of them were in Europe. And then the other one was the Indy 500. Man, they made it all the way over here just for one race. I think F1 wanted to make it a world championship. Like they had the idea of it being over the whole world, but Mm. it wasn't really feasible back in 1950. So they just took another race that already existed and said it'll be a part of our calendar. I just wonder how they like got all the shit over. They just well, they, put them on a boat? Well, they didn't because no, oh, like I, not everybody went. No, yeah, yeah. no one went to the Indy 500. Like if oh, you Oh, it raced, was just IndyCar that. It, yeah, it was okay. it was a part of the championship, but no European teams ever raced in it. Got so it. it created really weird point standings. No driver that won the Indy 500 ever raced another race until 1959. Okay. Huh. Uh, we, uh, the Indy 500, since it's not, it's not an F1 race. Like it was on a, the calendar, like because it isn't really. I won't cover and it. It wasn't. That much. It wasn't even the infield track at that time. It was just. The it oval. was the Indy 500. Yeah, it like was just, it was just yeah. the Indy 500 was just part of the Formula One championship. It was run by a different series. F1 just included it on their championship. They were like, "Hey, yo, buddy, can we just like slide on in here real quick for one race?" Because the Indy 500 was part of the IndyCar championship. Right. So it it was like part of different championships. Interesting. But I think it was so drastically different that eventually it was only part of the F1 calendar from 1950 to 1960. Mm. The very first ever United States Grand Prix was in 1959 
at Sebring International Speedway, uh, which is in Florida, 5.2 miles long. And the pole time in 1959 was three minutes. They did not have like accurate stopwatches, I don't think, back then, because I don't think the pole was three minutes exactly. But They were like, yep, that looks like three minutes there. <laughs> uh, Bruce McLaren won the race, who he would later start McLaren. Wow, <laughs> really? Put that together. Wait a minute. Wait uh, a minute. Got a connection here. <laughs> It only held one Formula One race in 1959. And then in 1960, the United States Grand Prix was in Riverside, which is in California. It's not, it does not exist anymore. I'm pretty sure it's like a shopping mall now. Oh, wow. Um, so that, that's, uh, but which it was may pretty... not exist for much longer either. So, <laughs> so that was a pretty famous, uh, racetrack for its time though. And then in 1961, the United States Grand Prix moved again to Watkins Glen in New York. So I think that already kind of shows you what, the United States Grand Prix was kind of like in Formula One at the time because right. they moved it. It was in three different tracks across the country, in three, three years. different years. Watkins Glen actually did hold the Grand Prix for a pretty long time, 1961 to 1980. So this is the longest running track for the United States Grand Prix. Uh. Um, and it was well received by drivers, fans. It had huge prize money in 1950 the winner got fifty thousand dollars for winning the race which is like half a million dollars today yeah so for 19 or 1969 that's pretty good i guess it was dubbed the mecca of motorsport so (laughs) unfortunately by the 70s it started to deteriorate and also formula one got in terms of the cars got bigger Mm. like we talked about this i think in the monaco episode when they first started racing there the cars were those cylinders of death (laughs) but by the 70s and 80s they had evolved into kind of close to what they are now with front wings and rear wings and they got super wide and the track is just just couldn't really take that definitely has some elements that i could see a formula one track being but it's too short it's not wide enough like they just could not race there yeah anymore where in new york watkins Glen, new york i don't know Watkins Glen in New York. <laughs> I don't know exactly where it is. Hold on. Oh, yeah, it literally is Wat- Watkins Glen's New York. Up by the Finger Lakes. Kind of in between. It's like halfway between Syracuse and Rochester. There you go. That's how. Uh, your New York geography. <laughs> brought to you by Delaney. Corinne uh, will appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome, Corn. I just want to laugh about beef right now. Corn and beef. <laughs> Hope you're listening. Um, so... Uh, I guess the fans were also like really like they were lighting shit on fire in the infield, so they were a little little crazy. Um, Those New Yorkers, man, <laughs> go a little crazy now. Uh, ultimately, though, the debts could not like be paid off to like complete the track, and so they left. Nineteen eighty was the last Watkins or United States Grand Prix in Watkins Glen. Uh, in nineteen seventy six, we got the United States Grand Prix West in Long Beach. Mm. Um, in 1976, the United States became the first country to hold two races in one season. I guess technically that happened in 1959 with the Indy 500, but I don't really count that because that's a whole different... <laughs> that was a, Those were early days. That's a weird... It's just a weird race. Yeah, early days. Um, uh, in 1981, they introduced the Caesars Palace Grand Prix. And in 1982, they introduced the Detroit Grand Prix. Detroit? So that is three, three temporary circuits... And now, at the time, the only other temporary circuit was Monaco. 
So mm. I think this kind of already show, like, shows you, like, hey, like they're really trying. There's no other tracks in the United States that we want to race at. Maybe they were like, okay, the one track is not working quite great. Everyone's going a little crazy. Let's do three. Let's just push three. See what happens. You know. Well, it didn't work out. Yeah. So long. Saw that one coming. Long Beach, United States Grand Prix West ran from 1976 to 1983. Uh, the promoters of the race wanted. And Monaco in the U.S. That's what they Why? wanted. But the race, it became too expensive to run. Formula One stopped racing there. But the Long Beach Grand Prix actually still does exist. Oh. In 1984, it became an IndyCar race. And it is still an IndyCar race. They still run it every year. It's called the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach now. Cool. Um, we kind of talked about Detroit in the last episode. Um, but kind of the same thing. It was 1982. To, to 1988. Like like Long Beach, uh, Detroit became an IndyCar race that still exists today, technically. Um, sort of, kind of. So they left downtown in 1991 because Mario Andretti ran into a crane while it was, like, picking up a stricken car. He didn't, like, die or anything, but, like, that happened. So they were like, let's get out of downtown. <laughs> They're like, Detroit's a little too, uh, a little too rugged for us here. So they moved to Belle Isle in 1992, and now it is going back to downtown Detroit in 2023. So that is still technically the same race. And then Caesars Palace Grand Prix only ran for two years, 1981 to 1982. Uh, So this track was built in a parking lot of the Caesars Palace Hotel. Uh, It had very, very bad attendance. I could see why. (laughs) And it ultimately was a huge loss for the hotel. Um, it also became an IndyCar race, but only to, for only from 1983 to 1984. So even IndyCar could not do this one. Um, I, I can see why they would lose a lot of money because it's like you're blocking the entire hotel parking lot for a whole weekend. Like, no shit. They're probably going to lose money from that. Like, So there was also another race in 1984, the Dallas Grand Prix. They ran it in June or July. Oh, it was fuck. in the summer. It was freaking hot. Yeah, like there's Dallas. a there's yeah. a video of Nigel Mansell getting out of his car and trying to like push it back. Oh, that was in Dallas. And he just faints. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that race only ran for one year. That's crazy. Uh, and that was uh, not not a not a not one to remember. Yeah, they complained about like it being too hot when it's like 85 degrees. Like Dallas could get like it was probably was like 110 degrees or something. Like especially in July. Like fuck. So the last failed street circuit, at least for now, unless Miami or Las Vegas goes under, uh, yeah. was Phoenix, 1989 to 1991. I they was ran. literally about to say they should have gone to Arizona. Well, they did, but uh, it didn't really work. The first race was held in the summer. Of course. <laughs> so it was super hot. They don't learn. <laughs> Uh, for 1990 and 1991, they moved it to March. It, it just it just didn't sink. One of the reasons, and this is probably a, a problem with most of the U.S. cities that they're racing in, it's gridded, like it's built on a grid. Oh, okay. So Phoenix especially. Detroit I don't think is too bad, but Phoenix is mostly just 90-degree corners. I feel like I've seen a picture of the grid where it's like it's just like a yeah. weird rectangle. So like- it is. It really was not, it wasn't very, it wasn't a good track, yeah. not in a good area. Took it off and replaced it with South Africa for 1992. And there were no races in the United States for the rest of the 90s. 
which I think is kind of crazy because it still is like a big market. Right. But they just couldn't get it done there. Like they just could not do it yeah. through the 90s. So, you know, they need, they need some time apart, America and F1, to realize what they truly needed with each other. Work on themselves, come back stronger, better, harder, faster. Yeah. So the next United States Grand Prix was in 2000, and it was Indianapolis, the road course. Dun, dun, dun. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway was holding more races than just the Indy 500. For right. a long time, that was the only race they did. The track existed for one race a year. Just the, just the Indy 500, the Indianapolis Yeah, Speedway. so like up till probably 1994, it was just the Indy 500. Damn, they had to really like, <laughs> you know, take take good care of it if it was only once a year. Because like, you know, you do once a year and then it's like, okay, see you in a year. It's like, that shit can go, it's Indiana. Like, they get snow and shit over there. Like, they got to take care of that shit year round. Like, this was kind of like a no-lose situation for F1 in the start because Indianapolis was paying to build the road course. So they were paying to build the track that F1 was going to race at. Indianapolis was an actual track. And I really think, you know, despite what you said in the last video where it was flat, was kind of boring, like like I really think... (laughs) I like dragged on that shit. (laughs) Like I really think that is true, (laughs) but it could have stayed because I think Indianapolis is kind of iconic in American motorsport. Yeah. So I feel like it could have worked out. They could have just like pulled some of the fans from IndyCar and NASCAR to be like, hey, also this happens every so often, so you should come watch this. Well, the well. race actually did really well, like it, yeah. like in terms of crowd sizes. Right. But it did not work out because primarily because of what I'm about to talk about now, shifting gears, shifting documents. So now on the other Google Doc, because we're talking about the 2005 United States Grand Prix. Bum, bum, bum. So if you thought 2021 Belgium was bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was bad. We the difference like between maps. Belgium is that that was not really a race. It, this, was, it was a safety car race. <laughs> <laughs> this one was actually a race. Full, full race. There were lead changes. There were pit stops. There were everything. Only six cars ran. What? Two Ferraris, two Jordans, and two Minardis. Well, like started? Yes. And then raced the whole race with six cars. Yes. I thought maybe it was like every started, but like eventually it just ended nope, with like six nope. cars. Lights out with six cars on the grid. Whoa. Hold and on. And the Ferraris were not even on pole position. So, um. Wait, wait. Okay. You're going to tell me. <laughs> I have so many questions. Go ahead. <laughs> so start me from the beginning of the weekend. I'm ready. Two Ferraris, two Jordans, and two Minardis. Basically, think of that as two Red Bulls and then like four Williams. Okay, okay. So this year, so in terms of competitiveness. (laughs) Four Williams. (laughs) You could have been like two Williams and two uh, Aston Martin. Aston Martin can score points a lot better than Williams can right now. Oh, fair, fair, fair. So, like, literally zero points. Honestly, probably two worse than Williams, honestly. Like, Fuck. Where these four other cars in the race. How did this happen? It's probably one of your questions. Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> Back in 2005, there were two tire manufacturers for F1. There was Bridgestone and Michelin was the other one. Yeah. Um, they had that. just repaved Indianapolis. So specifically, um, there's a very like technical thing that they did to repave this track. It's called like diamond grinding or stuff. Diamond grinding or stuff. Or it's stuff. not called ah. that. It's just called diamond grinding. Do they use real diamonds? No. Oh. 
it makes it really smooth, but it makes it kind of rigid. Like oh, you've yeah, seen yeah. it on the highway before, probably. Yes, where it's so, like it's so so it's not like it's so smooth that like you would slide across it, but it has enough grip. Yeah. On so the on the but it's not like it's not like it's smooth, but it has like little ridges, so it creates a lot of lines in it. Oh like oh, on, like sh- yeah. like lines down the road. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I have seen that. Then so yes. that's what they did at Indy. The F1 circuit features what is turn one in Indianapolis. It's the banked corner. It's super fast. There's nothing else like that on the F1 schedule. And so it was super demanding on the tires. And so in free practice, Ralph Schumacher, Michael Schumacher's brother, Brother, he crashed. He had a tire failure and he crashed in, I don't know what it is. It's Indianapolis turn one. I can't think of what the corner is. It's the last <laughs> the corner. The corner. Yeah. It's the last corner in Indianapolis. But his tire failed, and he crashed, and he had to sit out for the rest of the weekend. He was racing for Toyota. Right. They went for their spare driver. And then oh, shit. he also had a tire failure. And mm. all the Michelin teams started reporting in practice. This is still in practice. Reporting that their tires were not strong enough to run that corner at full speed. They could only make it 13 laps estimated before they would have a tire failure. Tire failure as in like a flat tire or just like tires stop like gripping? Like what? Like, if, like, like puncture, like, like, like puncture. it blows oh, up. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Which for that last corner is pretty dangerous. Yeah. Um. So Bridgestone did not have those problems. Bridgestone's like, bitch, we fine. Bridgestone did not have those problems because Bridgestone has a subsidiary company called Firestone, right. which... Supplies tires for IndyCar. And so they ran the Indy 500. They knew. And so they knew that they would need to build harder tires. Yeah. So the Bridgestone teams were pretty slow. They were like, we're ready for this one race. So they had the harder tire for this race. Um, Interesting. And all of this, you, you might be thinking right now. You might be thinking like, okay, Michelin has these tires that are failing, but they can just pit. Like they can just yeah, change just tires. Yeah, F1 in 2005 had a rule that outlawed tire changes during the race. What? You had to run the entire race on one set of tires. Man, Alex Albon would have fucking <laughs> loved that rule nowadays. He would have been like, fuck yeah, this is my shot. So pitting only pit stops only happened because of like refueling because they did that back then. But you could you had to run the whole race on one set of tires. What? That's so weird to think about. It's one of the worst rules that is ever. That's so stupid. Like I can't even like I could only imagine like fu- okay. Wait, hold on. I have so many questions now. So did they have different tire compounds like they do now, or is it just all no, one? No, I think they might have had like a softer qualifying tire. Okay. But um So it's not like somebody could have like been stuck on a soft tire like the whole race and no, then somebody everyone, else on a hard tire. Everyone okay. would have been on the same tires for okay. the whole race. Got it. Okay, okay. Well that's that's good then. It's a it was a horrible rule. It already had not been super good. Like there was a race earlier in 2005 where Kimi Raikkonen like locked up in the beginning of the race, so he had a flat spot. Oh my god, yeah. And with on I think on the last lap, like the flat spot was vibrating. And so on the last lap, his whole suspension failed and he crashed while he was leading the race. Yeah. Like they I could like not change that tire. It's a danger. That was the main problem is that there was no pitting uh. for the Michelin team. So there was, it is kind of hard to exactly say who said what between the FIA and Michelin, because I've heard a lot of like conflicting stories from each party on who said what, but Michelin, they wanted to try and find a solution to still put on 
the race right because obviously there's a lot of people there the fia suggested that all the michelin teams just go slower in the last corner fia is like <laughs> don't go so fast then and your tires won't fail which is kind of dumb because it's like a super fast corner. That's like, like <laughs> that's like Marie Antoinette being like, just let them eat cake then. Like that's such like <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like the fucking government being like, that sucks for you peasants. Um, just go slow. Sorry. Bye. Michelin asked if the the rule of no tire changes could be lifted for that race for at least them, because that would put them at a huge disadvantage. But it would still allow them to race. But I feel like that Bridgestone would be like, uh-uh. excuse me, what? Like, <laughs> not fair. And the, the last thing they did was they suggested they build a chicane in the last corner. So it would have been a really like shitty chicane. It would have been just tire stacks of tires, but it still would have slowed everybody down. Gotcha. But the FIA and specifically Ferrari did not approve that like, because Ferrari is on Bridgestone no. and to them, not not our problem. No. Not this, our problem. This sucks for you that your tires do not work, but I don't know I'm in a French accent Italian, but our tires are fine. We can race. So it, Figure it's, it out. it's kind of weird because a lot of the people there, like the race director, like Charlie Whiting who's the race director now, Michael Massey, but in 2005, they wanted the race. Michael Massey will always be the race director in my heart. <laughs> they, they all wanted the race to occur, and they were so heart set on doing something possibly building a chicane possibly doing something that the fia threatened to pull out of the race like the Whoa. fia said if you try and run this race we will not be here this will not count towards anything what happened was team principals and michelin teams charlie whiting race directors all these started creating a skeleton crew to run the race without the fia so like they had people to man the lights like the five lights and be marshals and do all that they tried to create a crew of people to run this race without the f1 without the fia there what? so it would have been a race but it wouldn't have counted towards anything but it still would have happened that's so weird and then the fia kind of was like oh wait no you can't do that like this race is not happening basically is what they said because honestly if you think about it if the team's can build their own champion. Like if the teams could build their own championship, They're they like, would throw the FIA out. They would start their own series. Fucking revolution, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. So the FIA basically said, no, you can't do that. Like we're not, we're not building a chicane. We're not doing anything. Michelin. Sorry. You're fucked. That's so weird. So, uh, there was still a lot of like debate trying to get this race to occur. Trying and this to is get like Friday, stuff. Saturday. They're like talking about this. Yeah, like yeah. free practice was the one where they yeah. realized like, oh fuck, so this they, is a problem. So they, they actually, they did qualifying. Everyone qualified. Oh, okay. Um, now we're on Sunday. Okay. Keep in mind, there's no internet back then. So no one in this, no one in the stands know what's going on. Oh fuck. And people watching all over the world do not know what the hell is going on. Like, oh, fuck. Even, I've seen the commentary for this. They're like, we really don't know what's going to happen here. We're in for something. I've seen Martin Brundle's grid walk for this race. He's asking around. He's like, what are you going to do here? And they're like, we don't know. What? So they're all like lined up on the grid, like ready to go. They're all, yeah, like a typical race. There's 22 cars, I think, that were still in 2005. So all the teams are on the grid. Okay. And then the formation lap starts. Oh, fuck. And even then, there's still team radio of teams, of drivers saying like, Listen, if it's at all an option, 
I would like to race in this race because obviously they're racing drivers, right? right? They want to do anything, yeah. They don't care about taking that corner too fast <laughs> on dangerous tires. They'll fucking blow every single tire just to hit that corner. Like. But ultimately, as they came around the final quarter, all 14 of the Michelin tire cars pulled into the pit lane and retired from the race. Technically, so dramatic. Technically, DNS is what this is. So they all like voluntarily. Yeah, so the well, team, the team, the team but... ordered them to it. Um, that, that just feels like so dramatic of all of them just like marching back to the pit lanes and then the, the six cars just continuing. Like I would love to hear the commentary of like. Best and West and two Ferraris on pit straight. Will it be two Jordans and two Minardi? Some talk the Minardis won't do it. There's a Jordan and ahead of him is a Minardi. So all the Bridgestone runners are going down to the grid. Coulthard was making a late bid to let me go racing. I want to race. I'm prepared to take the risk. The problem is, if he has a problem and takes out one of the other drivers or whatever, there's some significant implications and ramifications of that. 14 cars all retired before the race even started. Originally, the other four, besides the Ferraris, the Jordans, and the Minardis, they were also supposed to retire. Uh They were on Bridgestone tires, so they didn't need to. But, like, in unison, like, to stand with the other teams, they were going to retire, but the Jordans didn't do that they didn't retire and so the other guy didn't pull his cars either the minorities interesting so, okay so they were basically like could you imagine if they all retired except for ferrari yeah that would have been that would have been cra- it would just been a ferrari race team principal of minority at the time gave a pretty interesting interview i don't take any pleasure in this this is not a race it's a farce and i my apologies go out to the fans that are here today and to the millions and millions of people watching this on television around the world, this is why Formula One needs to be a sport, not... Are you angry with me? No, I'm angry. With me? No, not with you, Jack. I just was going to swear on your TV station, and I thought better of it, okay? You can, you but can. You, know what you can swear on our TV station, no worries. I can? Are you sure? This is fucking crazy. The FIA needs to get a grip with itself and sort this sport out before there's no fucking sport to sort out. This today is bullshit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Don't overdo it. Pop a blood vessel. Full race ran. Um, an hour and 30 minutes, 73 laps. Wow. Michael Schumacher won. Rubens Barrichello finished second, his teammate. They actually almost crashed into each other when they were pitting. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah, so if they did, that <laughs> would have been... What are, the, what are the other race drivers do? They're just, like, sitting there, like... I don't know what they did. They, I honestly would have just gone back to my hotel room. They did like, interviews. Like, I've seen interviews with like them. During like, during the race? Yeah, of, like, them leaving, and they're like, I don't really know what happened. Like, so, uh, Diego Montero finished third. First Portuguese... First and only Portuguese driver to ever finish on the podium, so... Wow. Good, bad, weird ass circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so essentially, the whole thing was supposed to be like all the cars were supposed to go in, except for Ferrari. Basically, that's or? what I guess they agreed to. I think for Jordan, like you, you should, you got to take a step back and look at the whole sport. Right. And really, in terms of the sport, like I think that race probably should not have happened. No, I agree. I agree with the minority principle. I agree that, like you know, even now we can think about like the FAA just kind of like really fucking. Dude, this is supposed to be a fucking sport. Like, chill out. Like, I think, yeah, like, I think that's just that. I agree. I agree with him with being like, you know, this is supposed to, like, they need to really reconsider what the fuck they're doing here because this is this is supposed to be a sport. And, yeah. like, it, right now it's not. Exactly. Um, 
And both Jordans finished the lap down. Both Minardis finished two laps down. So they were not in contention to win ever. Like <laughs> it all, really yeah. wasn't a race. Weird. Like like they kind of said. Um, Michelin offered compensation, I think, to some of the fans who, because they were rightfully pissed off. Yeah. Um, I think low-key when you mentioned it during my sprint episode and you were like, yeah, we're going to talk about 2005. I like Googled it real quick and I saw one picture and it was this fan holding like fuck Michelin or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, uh-oh, I got to look away. <laughs> like this is something bad. He still went back to Indianapolis in 2006 and 2007. It was yeah. probably under contract or whatever, but the attendance fell pretty dramatically mm. before once they got to 2007, it was pretty dramatic. And I don't think... At, the people of Indianapolis, I've heard, do not forget when stuff like this happens. Never so they forget. were probably re- pissed off about this, and F1 probably just did not want to go there anymore. Yep. F1 um, tucked their tails between their legs and just walked out of there. Uh, so the tire rule, that that really shitty rule, was dropped for 2006, <laughs> um, unsurprisingly. Yeah. The United States Grand Prix left for 2008 and did not return until 2012 with Circuit of the Americas, which is a proper circuit. Yes. Like, I think it, it does have some elements that kind of copy other tracks, but it is a r- actual racetrack, and I hope it stays for a while. I like the Circuit of Americas. Yeah. I think I think Austin is one of my favorite races to watch. It's really fun. So that is Formula One in the United States. That's uh, the controversial, the big controversy, and then the not little controversies before it, but the little, little failures before that. Nice. No, I like that. I think... I'm excited to see where, you know, it definitely is growing, like, really, really, really fast. And I think we saw it in the Miami race where it was, like, record attendance. It was, like, what was it, like, a quarter of a million people per day. Yeah. Which is, like, over the amount of people that come to the Super Bowl per day. So, like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I hope hope Miami... Miami is... It's not a great track, but it's not falling apart. And it, it was fine. Like, I thought it was a... Fine. I think I think once they kind of like, to, I feel like the first couple races of tracks, especially when they first come on to the grid, to the calendar, I should say, yeah. um, need some fine tuning. Like they need to like change this corner, bump this out, do that. Like Albert Park yeah. in it Australia. Took like, them like twenty years. To took do them twenty it, years. <laughs> it took them a pandemic and two years off to figure that out. But I think they'll like. I think you know Albert Park became like a really fun race to then do once they've made a few minor changes and stuff. So. I don't know. I feel like Miami will just be kind of a novelty one where it's just like, we're in Miami, baby, type of thing. So, yeah. So, hopefully, it, hopefully, we'll it see lasts how Vegas goes. We'll see Vegas. It, that one, Vegas is definitely one that I think they're, they're like, they're doing so they can get the pictures of them running down the strip. But That's like, definitely an eyebrow raiser <laughs> for me because when I heard it was also going to be a Saturday night race, I was like, what? Oh, yeah. That too. It's at like one in the morning. Our yeah. Because it's like 10. It's like a Las Vegas night race, which is fucking two in the morning for us crazy like it's fun but it's also like what (laughs) why so that that to me is a little bit of like a okay i guess like sure so that is this sprint episode i've been i've been wanting to make a video about this for like a long time i just never wanted to write a script for it it seemed like a lot of work so (laughs) this definitely good has worked out hell yeah so i'll have to go back to my old scrapped abandoned videos and see what more I can convert into interesting sprint episodes. There we go. I like the sound of that. Perfect. So, yeah, that's this one. That's the end. I'll add music to the end so it doesn't sound as like, like okay, bye. Okay, bye. Like, bye. We don't know what to do. Follow us on Spotify. Oh, give us five stars on Spotify. Fo- on Spotify. On, on Spotify. Spotify. <laughs>
Give us five stars on Spotify. Push the notification bell to let to let you know when to our next episodes drop. Marketing executives, if you're watching this, like it on Spotify. Marketing executives <laughs> that met my dad. Hi. <laughs> Peach will get the final word of the podcast. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god, you're getting heavier by the minute. Oh, thank you for the kiss. Oh, thank you for the kiss. Who's here? Who's here? <laughs> There you go. You should, you should have some good barks. Today. That's Peach's controversial take. Oh, um, my God, Peach. I was, we may need to cut that out. That was a little, <laughs> a little too much. That was risque that for was this podcast. Risque. Do not have your kids listen to this podcast. There's a lot of F-bombs and Peach's controversial, controversial uh, statements. No? You know what that reminds me of? Um, you probably never, uh, uh, my, my favorite murderer is a podcast and at the very Elvis is dead, but Elvis was her cat, and then she'd always no. say, <laughs> she would always I say, you were talking about Elvis Presley, and I was <laughs> like, yeah, he is dead. <laughs> no, the cat's name was Elvis, and at the end of each episode, she'd always go, Elvis, you want a cookie? And he would go, wow. He was a Siamese that had cross eyes, but he passed away two years ago. I just remember that. Now I'm sad. Well, to end this podcast <laughs> on a sad note, <laughs> bye guys. Bye guys. <laughs>